Do I have anything else to uh, share? No? All right. How are we doing today? So I wanted to, to, to come down and uh, sit here, stand on the floor, sit on the floor, whatever, be here with you. Um, what's that? Oh, yeah, so I don't go off the deep end. I might get a little bit, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. We'll, we'll, make, we'll make the best of what we've got. So now, here's what I want to do. Um, I want to, I want to, I don't know about having fun, but I want to just talk about some stuff that I think that if we don't, uh, we can have a tendency to get our, our, our feelings hurt, or some of you only have a feeling, um, but it might get your feeling hurt. But I want to talk about a, a very important um, topic, and this is not something that we haven't talked about before, obviously. I want to obviously just talk about the gospel. Now, when I when I say this, and I and I have some, not, it's not trepidation. It's just kind of like a, there's a little bit of angst in me because I, I think that, that too often we can hear the word gospel and we think, oh my goodness, I know. And especially um, those uh, of you um, that, or those of us, I should say, that. Um, uh, all right, I'm glad you got in, Zach. I got your text. <laughs> I just got his text that he that the door was locked or unlocked. Um, but no, th- th- some of you uh, hear words like the gospel and you think, oh, I got that. I got that. I-, I understand what the gospel is. I can let's let's move past the gospel. Let's move on to something like I, I really want to know well, the, 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 about the, 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 the trumpets and the seals and the horsemen and how the end of the world is going to happen. I want to hear the good stuff or well, you know, I think that, that that's all well and, and fine as long as um, you, you have a foundation to put all of that stuff upon. There is, the Bible is jam-packed full of good things, things that, that God ha- has communicated to us about Himself that are important for our lives. And when we look at all the things in the Bible... What we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to like kind of pick and choose. I like this. I like that. I don't, man, I don't care much for this. I, what, I'm just going to take what I want. But we, we, t- we do that, and then we try to lay them on a, 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 a I'm going to use the word foundation. We try to lay them on a foundation that uh, may not be what God intended for us to lay all, all these truths upon. Now, when I say that, it doesn't mean that God's truths aren't um, powerful and they're not uh, able to, to transform lives. But what, I, what I'm saying is that if we can take a bunch of stuff, th- just think about it this way. My stomach's grumbling a little bit. I'm hungry. I would love for my wife to take me out to a good buffet after church because I think it's just, it's just us two, right? Let's get, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, red sugar-free, right? But I'm thinking, like, I would love to go to, like, Lembo's. Ooh, get a nice good salad bar, maybe some chicken. Woo! Let's say amen, let's go. Uh, but um, I, I'm thinking about that, and, and I'm thinking, like, man, I'm up there on a salad bar. Ooh, I want a little bit of this, and I want a little bit of that. I want to get some, some pudding, and I want to get some coleslaw. Obviously not together, but I want all of this stuff. But, you know, I, I get all this, and I just put it in my hand, and I'm just walking around like this, <laughs> all good stuff, right? But it's just not where it's supposed to be, right? It's not like, I mean, here, you want some? It's touching. Yeah, it's not only touching each other, it's touching my hands, and I mean, it's all like, and then how do you eat it? I don't know. But the foundation needs to be, there needs to be a plate there to set all of this stuff on top of. And when I say that, I, I, I'm not, I don't equate the gospel to a plate, but I do believe that we can get so uh, um, uh, amped up about learning all of these nuances of the Bible that we miss the plate, we miss the gospel, and all we're doing is we're walking around with all this stuff in our hands, it's just ooey-gooey, and we don't know how to share it. Well, the idea of learning truths about God is to be able to share those truths with people that He has put into your lives, our lives. It's not for you to just walk around with all that stuff gummed up in your hands and then you put it in your pockets and 
Then your wife yells at you because you have ooey-gooey pockets. That would be a nasty mess. I was just thinking about that. But what we have to understand, and I hope this is a, a visual, that you're not just thinking about food, but you're, you're, you're thinking about how the, 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 um, uh, the, the truth of the gospel is that, is that plate in which God has given us that we need to put everything else upon. It's the foundation for the salad, because if you don't have the foundation for the salad, the salad just falls on the floor. Especially when you try to put dressing on it. You don't know which hand to use. It'd be easy to make toss salad, though, right? Or, or, or taco salad. I, I, I am hungry. I'm sorry. But what we, what we need to do is, is have this, this reality smack us in the face and say, we need the gospel, and everything that I learn about who God is and what He has done has to be placed upon this foundation of the gospel. Now, when we talk here uh, about what the gospel is, we just put it into a sentence so everybody can really just grab their heads, wrap their heads around it, but it's the good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. Yes, it, it, it's basically that uh, um, all of this stuff that we have it, it, it is wrapped up in the gospel, so you don't get to eat the plate, although it would be nice. But uh, it, it's all wrapped up in the gospel so that everything else can be built upon that. Now, with that long intro and opening here, I wanted to say all of that because I want to ask you a question. Now, when I ask you this question, this is not a question to you. This is a question to us, me included. And this question is not intended for you to feel bad or to mope around, yeah, I suck as a Christian. No, it's, this is not intended for that. This is intended to make you aware of something, that, that if you're aware of it, maybe then you can do something about it. But I also want to uh, um, uh, preface this question with the fact that, um, or, or with the, the, the statement that God has put certain people in your life for a reason. So uh, here, and I'm not against street evangelism or going door to door or anything like that, but I fully believe that elders and I have talked about this, that we believe in relational evangelism. That's why we have the, the, the statement, uh, you know, build a bridge, you can bear the weight of truth, because we want to, to see and we believe that God puts us in relationships for a reason. And that reason is not just so we can have some fun here. The reason is so that we can build a bond so that we can share the truth with, with uh, those people in our lives. So with all of that being said, I want to ask this question. You ready? If you uh, get your toes stepped on easily, you might want to pick up your feet. Imagine with me this. Imagine that you are lost. Now, when I say lost, I'm not saying that you are in the woods and you forgot your compass. I'm saying that you're lost. You're, you're spiritually dead, meaning you are without Christ. Now, when, when I say that, you imagine that. I, 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 I've tried to really you know, wrap my head around this, this, this sometimes, or I should say at times, but... I think that there's a reality that we have to just kind of to grapple with in the fact that uh, not everybody is a Christian. We, we live in a, a, a world that everybody says they're, they're a Christian, but not everybody is a Christian. So what I want us to do is just, just for a moment, just try your hardest to just to, to imagine that, that you are lost, that you are without Christ. You're in a world, you, you go about your everyday life that you are, um, you, you don't have Christ in your life. Now, the question is not, would your life be any different? Because I would hate to hear those answers right now. Because if you're like, hey, it wouldn't be any different, then we gotta talk, we got to talk about it. But that's not the question I want to ask. Imagine that you're lost, that, that you don't have Christ in your life. Now, the, along with that, imagine that every Christian... That surrounds you shared the gospel as much as you share the gospel. Would you ever hear the gospel? 
I, and I, I get it. This, this is one of those questions like, that hurts a little bit. We were talking a little, a little bit ago and, and uh, with, with the elders, and, and Zach was there with us, and uh, Zach hit the nail on the head. He's like, hmm, that stings a little bit. But just think about it. Like, if you were lost and you, you didn't have Christ in your life and every Christian that's in your life shared the gospel as much as you shared the gospel, and when I say you, I'm not just going like this. I'm going like us. As much as you shared the gospel, would you ever hear the gospel? Now, I, I prefaced all of this with, you know, the relational aspect. I, I fully believe and that's the way in which uh, uh, that uh, um, God works. But, but, but what I, I, I want us not to, to overlook is the importance of the gospel. We can never move past the gospel. So, so when, when people say, well, you know, I just don't know enough, and, ah, man, I haven't, I haven't been to, you know, to Bible college or seminary. I can't do any of that kind of Do you know the gospel? Well, yeah, I know what the gospel is. Then you know everything you need to know to share it. And I say that because, and I don't know if I'm allowed to even say this, but so my 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 father's father-in-law, um, uh, I don't even want to say passed away. He committed suicide this past week. Um, a terrible situation. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he was saved or not. Have, have, have no idea. Didn't, it came out of nowhere, whatever. So thinking about a situation like that, how many people in your life are, are struggling with just life? And they need that hope. They need to hear the truth. How many of, of, of those people just, they need to hear the gospel? Because at the end of the day, the, the problems that we have in this world are all rooted in sin. And I know that that's not something that is sexy. Sin is not sexy, no, because sin separates. And we have a tendency to downplay, oh, it's okay, this, and it's okay. No, it's not. We, we have to, 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 to grapple with the, the truth of, of what is the most important thing in all of God's Word and all of God's communication to us, the most important thing is the gospel. Now, those aren't my words. Those aren't some just some crazy preacher talking. That is what he says. And I think that if we are going to, if we're going to help those people in our lives, everybody, does anybody have anybody in their life? Every hand should be up. I, I can't, I can't do it. I'm flying away. No, we have people in our lives. Now, what, am I telling you that you need to go home and call your best friend or your kids or your whatever and beat them over the head with the Bible? No. What I am doing is I am saying this. You need to see the importance of the gospel. And that's all I'm going to say. Because if something is important to you, you're going to share it. Man, I had the best steak that I have had in years this week. Years. I Probably my lifetime. No. No. It was better than that. Yeah. I had the best steak ever. We went out. Uh, I got stood up on Wednesday night. Thanks, Dan. E. No, I'm just playing. Now it worked out because uh, Sh Shannon took me out for for dinner. And uh, no, it wasn't Arby's either. Arnie's, no. I don't like Arnie's for some, but it almost. So so, but because here's the deal: we went out what a few couple weeks ago, or. No, no, it was, yeah, and we went to Texas Roadhouse. I got a steak. It was undercooked. They brought it back. It was shoe leather. It was terrible. So they all got to eat their steaks. I didn't get to eat any. So I'm like, you know what? I want to go to a place that knows how to cook steaks. We might, we might have to uh, run a run a chicken dinner. Uh, we might have to pay a little bit more. Greg got it. She took me to Brown Derby. 
And oh my goodness, this steak, it was filet mignon. I didn't have to have a knife. I cut my steak with my fork. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I'm hungry. Hey. But that was something that, like, I, I, I so enjoyed that. I'm going to share that with you. What if we so enjoyed what God has given to us in the gospel that we want to share it with those who are in our lives, those who we love? The Apostle Paul talks about this importance, and I know that it's not Easter, but you're getting your, your, an Easter message today. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know, I, I always preach this, uh, this message on Easter, but I, I felt it necessary coming off of the missions trip and coming into the, this time. We talked last week about the best news that we could ever have and sharing that. I, I believe that the, the most important thing that you'll ever embrace is the gospel. That's going to be my big idea. The gospel is the most important thing that you can ever embrace. And I, I, I worded it that way because the gospel is not something you just know. I think there's a lot of people who know the gospel, especially people who grow up in church. They know what Jesus has done. They know that Jesus, he, he came, he lived, he died, he rose again, he ascended, he's coming back. They know that, but they haven't embraced that. It's not until we embrace the truth of the gospel that it transforms our life. Kurt said in his, his call to worship today, talking, he talked about uh, um, that it is the, the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And we're not to be ashamed of that. Next week, that's going to be the message. So, spoiler alert, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 is next week. You can read ahead. But understanding that, that, that Paul is talking about when he talks about the gospel, this is not something that we should take lightly. This is the filet mignon. This is what we should be chewing on and savoring. When, when Kurt said this morning about we should be preaching the gospel to ourselves and, and we should be living the gospel, it, it, it's understanding what the gospel is and what it has accomplished. The world around us wants us to, to, to be identified with everything other than what the Creator has created us and designed us to be identified with, and that's Himself. So what we have to understand is the Gospel tells us that, yeah, you know what? You are broken, you're dirty, you're nasty, you're ugly, you're worthless, you're all of this. But God loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. Yeah, do you deserve it? No! None of y'all deserve Him. I don't... None of us do, but that's the point. That's what makes the gospel such good news is we don't deserve what God has done for us. We deserve to get what we all truly want. We want things our way. All right. Burger King does not have a good burger or a good steak compared to where I went, right? Your way right away. You get it your way right away, you are going to get what you ask for, and that is separation from God. And I'm not, I don't want this to be like, oh man, I'm terrible. No, I want us to, to see like there's importance in what it is we're doing. We're not just coming here so we can listen to some good uh, thumb-strung music. Did you realize that? So I love this, rabbit trails. Um, Zach about cut his finger off. This week, you don't want to see the picture. He's nasty, but he can't strum with his finger. So what does he do? Like any awesome musician does, he gets a, a thumb pick. I told him I had some toothpicks, but he didn't like that. Um, but he just put the pick on his thumb. Bloom, 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 he's going to town. That's awesome. Now, so we didn't come just to see that. We come to learn about who God is, is and what He has done and why we need to communicate what He has done. When Paul talks here and, and he's addressing this church in Corinth, he, he says some really interesting things. And when I say he says some really interesting things, you probably have heard me say this a number of times. The church in Corinth was a church gone wild, right? They were doing some crazy stuff. They, they were getting drunk when they were taking the Lord's Supper. They were um, 
eating animals that are offered to idols, whatever. They were doing a lot of bad stuff. They were jacked up. And you would think, well, at least we don't have that that going on here. There, there, were, there were guys sleeping with their, their stepmoms, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm hoping it wasn't moms. I mean, it just, but it, it just some crazy things. You, and you sit there like, whoo, I'm glad oh, that's not like what we have to deal with in our church. It, it doesn't matter. It was all sin. Sin is sin. We got to deal with it. Y'all are not sinless. If you can ever, and this, this goes against some, some popular belief in some circles, if you ever think that you can attain uh, perfection this side of the grave, you're nuts. You, you can't. Well, why do I say that? We're always going to have to deal with sin. It's always going to be a part of our lives. I, like I do, every time I, I, I do a, a wedding, I say at the end, there, there's two things wrong with every marriage. The man and the woman. It's the truth because there's sin in both of their lives that are going to cause separation and friction, and we gotta. It's got to be dealt with. Now, if we try to just do it therapeutically and just I'm gonna just deal with the the, the, the symptoms and not get to the root cause, well, that's why we have so many so much brokenness around us. So what we have to do is we have to see that there is a sin problem. But because there is a sin problem, or I shouldn't say because, but in light of there being a sin problem, God has caused, and I shouldn't say provided, the way to overcome that sin problem. And that's why I say that the gospel is not something we move past, because you don't move past a sin. I, I mean, I love y'all, and I, I, I do think the best of at least most of you, some of you, oh, not so much. Uh, but no, I, I, you don't, I don't believe anybody here just moves past a sin. I think that there are, 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 are struggles that people have in their life, and, and a sin they do overcome. It takes time. But it's not like a sin pops up and poof, okay, I'm going to repent of that, I'm going to move past that and go to the next thing. I think that through time and understanding, you can move past a sin, but I don't think it's momentarily for everyone, for most people. So I wouldn't think that hearing the gospel one time is a momentary, right, I got this, I'm going to move past it. I think that we have to understand that the gospel has to be understood every single day. When you wake up in the morning, you need to understand what the gospel is, who Jesus is, what he has done, how that should shape your life. If you're going to share the gospel with anyone, with those people in your life, it's got to be something that's on your lips, right? You've got to be able to, to, to uh, um, just have that, that, that flavor. I can taste the filet mignon right now. Mm. I want that. I mean, that's the way in which we should, we should see and we should uh, experience the gospel on a daily basis. It should never be. And I know, that, and don't, I, I don't have all this figured out. So this is a lot of conviction on my own part, too. It, it should never be that you're in a conversation and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, crap, i got to share Jesus with them. If you oh, crap, Jesus, if you had that moment, it's probably you're just feeling guilty because you've been doing stupid crap, and now you think that you can share Jesus with somebody, and it, it will overcome all of the whatever you've done. It's kind of like your, your form of confession. Well, <laughs> I lived like hell. Well, you know what? But if I tell somebody about heaven, it'll, uh, it'll offset that. It doesn't work that way. It, it, it really doesn't. What we should have is should, we should have Jesus on our lips. The gospel should be on our tongue. Where it's, Again, it's not coming up to every time I see Sean. Hey, Sean, you know Jesus died for your sins and he loves you and you know you can have him and you go to heaven and, and you know what? You live forever and uh, have uh, big cheeseburgers and never get any calories put on. and uh, yeah, Whatever. No. But it should be guiding our lives. It should be what, 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 what uh, uh, transpired. It should be, and I know this is gross. It should be, no, it should be the sweat that comes out of our pores. You ever been around someone who eats a lot of garlic? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nice because the mosquitoes stay away. But, man, you can always tell when somebody is eating garlic. And it's most of the time they have no idea. Like, what do you mean I stink? I don't stink. 
Well, the gospel, think of the gospel as like your garlic. We should be chewing and feeding on the gospel so much that it's coming out of our pool. I don't know why I'm eating so much food today. Man, I am. Wow. Yeah. But it should be. The gospel should be just oozing out of our pores because it's what we're, we're, we're thinking about. And, and, and when I say we're thinking about it, it's not, I'm not telling you you should be asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins and accept you into heaven and asking for salvation every day. No, once you, once you receive Christ Jesus, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that we should ask for salvation and use the, the gospel for, and I'm, when I say use, I'm saying practice the gospel for salvation. I'm talking about sanctification. I'm talking because you believe Jesus is who he says that he is, and the Bible says this, and because this is true, my life is going to be different, and the way in which my life is going to be different is through the transforming power of the gospel. So, I mean, all in all, what we need to do is understand that the gospel is what is going to transform you. Paul here, he writes, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. Now, now, now remember, I, I just said that he, like, he's given a bunch of instructions to this, this church. Tons of instructions. Uh, and, and now we're in chapter 15, so we're towards the end of this letter. And he's like, okay, I've told you all this stuff, all of these things on the way in which the practices should be, what you're doing wrong, and what you should, how you should do things right, and all of this stuff. But I want to remind you of something. And I would remind you, brothers, and that's brothers and sisters. He's talking to the church of the gospel. Not just of the gospel. I just want to remind you of the gospel. No, the gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. He says, okay, I'm reminding you what I already told you. I love elsewhere in Philippians, Paul says it, it, it's, uh, it, it does you good, for, and this is my paraphrase, uh, it does you good for me to repeat myself because you got a thick skull. You profit from me repeating myself. Basically, that's what he's saying here. I want to repeat this. I, I, I told you about it, and this is the, 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 the power, the gospel is which you, uh, you received it. You're standing upon it. And it says, and by which you are being saved. Now, that's not like like salvation is a process. Like you come into it and you just start like to ease in to being a child of God. No, no, no. That's not what's being said here. This, uh, um, uh, this terminology he's using here is that, that sanctification. This, okay, you are saved. You, are, you have went from death to life, but now there's this process of being transformed more and more and more into the image of Christ. He says, unless you believed in vain. I, I think that there's a, a reason for that because I think that there are a lot of people, when, when believing in vain, believing in vain, we think of like a, I guess I'll believe. No, that's, that's not it. Believing in vain is believing for your... Uh, um, causation or, or your uh, ben- being the benefactor. Well, wait a second. I, I want to be saved. Uh, yes, but when we understand the gospel and we understand the gift in which he's given us, God doesn't offer us the gift of the gospel. He doesn't give this to us so he wants to entice us to come into his family because he needs us. No, God doesn't need anyone but he chooses to open the doors to those who receive him. So it's it's that not settling. It's Christmas morning when you're uh, you can smell the turkey and everything. It's Christmas morning where where you're going and you you open a gift and it's not what you want. You're like, oh, I guess I'll take it. No, that would be in vain. No, it, it, it's receiving a gift and opening like, oh, I don't deserve this, but thank you for that. Cookies. Oh. I know, right? But he says that there are those who, who have received it in vain, but there are those who have received it with a good heart. And I, I think that that's what we need to ask ourselves. 
And I'm not saying, again, question your salvation. I'm just saying, just, just make sure. It's better to make sure now than when you're standing in front of him and you say, okay, wait a second. I mean, did I really, did I really mean this? Was I sincere about what I said? It's not about your sincerity or not. It's do you believe it and is it transforming your life? He goes on. And this is where I really want to spend the next 15, 20 minutes with you. He says, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. So he, he states, okay, I'm going to give you something. And, and what it is I want to deliver to you is what I received, but not only that. This is the very most important thing. This is the mostest importantest thing Ever. And, and, and when he says of first importance here, and, he, and, and we, we, we look at this, he, he's not just saying, oh, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's important, but it's not that important. No. He, he didn't want the, the, the church there to misunderstand what was coming next. Like, you... you you can get wrong, and I know that this is going to hurt somebody. You can get wrong when Jesus is coming back. And it's okay. You can believe, you know, that he's coming back before the, the tribulation. Or you can believe that he's going to come back after the tribulation. Or even in the middle of it. it, it okay. That's okay. You can, you can be wrong and still be in heaven on that one. However, however, you, uh, however you believe, and that's fine. But this, this first important thing, if you're wrong on this, it's, it's not fine. It's not fine because if you're wrong on, on the gospel, you don't get into heaven. I mean, and, and so when he's saying this is of first importance, I think that, that, that we need to take heed to that. There are three things that I want to talk about. And I know my, my note takers, thank you. Three things. Yes, three things. And I, I put this. Out of this text, this, the, these three uh, verses, three, four, and five, three things I, I said, three must-dos of the gospel. You, you, these are things you must do with the gospel. When I'm talking about like it needs to be the, the sweat that pours out of our pores. Okay, for that to happen, there, there are things we must do. The first one we see here when he talks of, of first importance, we must prioritize the significance of the gospel. We must prioritize the significance of the gospel. That's what I'm saying. Like We can't just like, oh, Lee's on one of those, those, those rampages again. No, take Lee out of the equation. Read your Bible. It says this is important. We have to prioritize that. Do you believe that uh, God is real? Do you believe that He sent His Son? Do you? I mean, do you believe all of this stuff? If you do, you got to pay attention. I mean, because you, if you say you believe all that and you don't prioritize the significance of the gospel, I would question. I don't think you really believe all of this stuff. I think that you're thinking this is all like fairy tale, mythological, uh, mythology, whatever. And it's just like, oh, it'll help me get through this life, and then I'll figure out the next life when it comes. No, you don't understand what the gospel is for then. We have to prioritize the significance of the gospel. And by the gospel, we have to understand it's, that's the only way in which we can be saved. Uh, born again, brought into the family of God, transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the Son. Only way. So we must prioritize the significance of the gospel. Let's go read on here. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture, that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And I'll stop there just for a second. Well, probably more than a second. When we look at this, what we have to understand, and I put here in my notes because I want to make sure that we get this understanding here, 
Even the early church needed the gospel to be clarified to them. What, what, what do I mean? Well, Jesus ascended probably 15, 20 years, depending upon the, the, the actual writing of, of the exact writing of this letter. So not, not too long you know, from the, the writing of this letter, Jesus ascended. So it, it was recent history to everyone. But even though it was recent history, Paul still wanted to clarify what the gospel was or what the gospel is. He didn't want there to be any misunderstanding. Because like today, there are many Christians that think they have it all figured out and think they don't need the gospel and they can move past the gospel. Paul's bringing bring it back in. The most important thing here, out of everything else, the most important thing, the plate that's going to hold the salad. Can we go to limbo later? The plate that's going to hold the salad. The most important thing is the gospel. And if we prioritize that significance in our lives, I think there's a second thing that we need to do or a must do that we see here when he's talking about these truths that we must recognize the substance of the gospel. Not only prioritize the significance, but we need to recognize the substance of the gospel. When I say, what do what, what I mean? Well, Paul says that what, what essentially is the substance, what the gospel is made up of here. Three things. This is a, this is a, a threefer and a threefer, right? There's a three inside of a three here. I know you're geeking out about that, right? Three main truths in the gospel. The first one, Christ died for our sins. So, so that word for, it means uh, uh, um, on behalf of. So Christ died on behalf of us. He, he died for our sins. The fact of the matter is people die all the time. And I'm not being morbid. But when Christ died, he died for me. For, for you. He died with that, that purpose. Well, people die for a purpose all the time. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the, the purpose, the reason Christ died was for our sins. This is the substance of the gospel. But it doesn't just say that he died. It says that he was buried. Now, I know that this is going to uh, um, come off as a duh moment for you, but only dead people should be buried. Agreed? I know some of you have in-laws or somebody that oh, looks like I bury them now. Calm down, simmer down now. Only dead people should be buried. What this truth uh, emphasizes that not only was he that he died for our sins, that he was buried. What this truth emphasizes that Jesus truly died. Why is that important? Well, because some will say, well, Jesus really didn't. He really didn't die. He kind of faked his death, and then they took his body, and they put him in a tomb, and then he, you know, revived himself. He, he, got, he got some strength, and he walked out of the tomb. It's called the swoon theory. It's, it's, it's legit. I mean, it's legit in the sense that people believe it. Well, the, the problem with that, outside of the Bible, is just facts. You have, it, you have a, a account uh, of... Um, Jesus being pierced with a spear. Like, he, he, in his right side, it says that blood and water came out. His, it means, what's that called? The pericardium, the, the sac around the heart, was, was punctured. But not only that, you have a trained executioner. And I think these are the details that some people forget. Or they just, don't, they just look past. You had a trained executioner say... Holy crap, that, he is the Son of God. He's dead. Yep, he's dead. Holy crap. So you had, you had I know I said it twice, you, you have this trained Roman executioner that is a witness to his death. So you have that. Now here's another, another little fun story. You have that on the third day, this man who was just faking his death, 
that was beat uh, so he couldn't be recognized, who hung naked uh, uh, throughout the, the, the day, who was pierced in his hands and his feet. You had this man that, that, that um, supposedly walked seven miles three days after his, there were these spikes driven through his feet. Anybody stub a toe? <laughs> you got, I mean, if I got a hurt toe, I don't know if I'm going to be walking seven miles, let alone spikes driven through some of the, the, the most sensitive nerve areas of your body. It just doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. It, honestly, Jesus raising from the dead, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's why it's a miracle. That's why it's the, the power of God, because it doesn't. The, the gospel, it, it, it's not going to make sense to those who don't believe. It, I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians 4, maybe it's 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. I think it's 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 that says the God of this world is blinding the eyes, meaning the, the small letter G, God, the devil. He's blinding the eyes of those who are perishing. So they can't see the truth of the gospel. Here Paul says, you know, we, we need to be recognizing the substance. So we have Christ died for our sins, that he was buried. He literally died. He was D-E-D. -E -D, dead. But the third thing here, and this is the three inside of the second point of the third three points. Got that? The next thing is that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. If all Jesus did was die on the cross, his death doesn't matter. Oh, you can't say that, especially in church. No, I can, because it's the truth. If he just died on the cross, his death doesn't matter. What are you saying? Well, what we have is he rose from the dead. And what we can see that his resurrection... Jesus' resurrection from the dead proves that God the Father accepted the payment for the penalty of sins. So we can't just like, oh yeah, that's why we celebrate Easter, that's cool, yeah. No, you have to see that the creator of the universe, the, 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 the God of all, he sends his son, and when his son pays the penalty, he, do, he just doesn't say, oh, cool, let's move on. No, he raises him from the dead as if he gives a receipt for us all. Christ is your receipt. We have to understand that, like him raising from the dead, that, that's, that's seeing that the approval, the approval for the payment of sin, was, it was received, it was given. And I go to the next level and would even say, the ascension, oh my goodness, that's the cherry on top of the cake. Not only did he raise him from the dead, he says, come home, son. You're welcome back here. So when we think about this, we recognize the substance of the gospel, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, that he raised on the third day. This, this substance, this is what I'm saying, like this is, this is the filet mignon. I think that's the proper way of saying it. Like that's a wee oui, wee oui, filet mignon, right? So this is the filet mignon that we should savor. This is why it tastes so good, because of what it's made up of. The gospel is not just made up of a bunch of cool little things, and, you know, this guy said this and this guy. No, the substance of the gospel is what God orchestrated. So we can savor it. We can chew on it. We can sweat it. Here's my third and final point. Not only are we to, we must prioritize the significance of the gospel, we must recognize the substance of the gospel. We must emphasize the supremacy of the gospel. Why is the gospel the most important message in the Bible and in the church? It's because it's the only message that can take you from sin to salvation. It's the only message that can take you from death to to life. It's the only message that can heal your broken relationships in which you have in your life. Well, what do you mean? Well, I, 
I mean, I know there's a lot of married couples here, not even that. I know there's people you have different relationships in your life that you're having struggles and, you know, trouble with. At the root of all of that is sin. I'm not saying it's your sin. I'm not saying it's, I'm, not, I'm just saying sin, period. It may be you. You may just be an idiot. I don't want to see any elbowing going on here. No. It may be. Maybe there's a sin that you need to deal with. Well, how do I deal with it? You start with the gospel. Too, too often I had, this, I had this conversation with people. All right, give me some verses in the Bible. I'm dealing with this. Give me some verses in the Bible so I can, so I can overcome this. All right, here's a good verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, you know, 1 through 4 here. Start there. Start with the first importance. Well, wait a second. That doesn't sound like it's too complicated. It's not. I am not against psychology. I am not against Christian counseling. I'm not against any of that. But if we would just go to the author of life with our problems and see what he has to say and start with what he says is most important, things would be different. You'd have Christian therapists out of uh, business, I believe. We must emphasize the supremacy of the gospel. The gospel is the only hope. <laughs> I love this. I stole this from uh, uh, Phil Robertson, the Duck Dynasty guy. I'm trying to look like him. I'm, I'm trying to let this all grow out. I told Haley and Noah, I'm not shaving until after the wedding. Are you like me now? You can't do that. I can do that. But it's my day. I don't care. Noah said I could. Ah! <laughs> no, it was not shaved before the wedding. No, but I did. I stole, I stole this line from, uh, from Phil Robertson because I believe it's so true. So true. The gospel is the only hope that we have of getting out of here. <laughs> Just think about it. What do you mean about getting out of here? Like, leaving this earth? Well, I, well yeah, but when we die, we'll leave. Well, well, well he, Listen, well, what, what happens then? The gospel is the only hope that we have on getting out of here. So the question is, okay, how do we get here? Why are we here? And how are we getting out of here? That's a good way to, to share the gospel with somebody too. Especially your, those that are in your life, your, your friends, your family. Well, how do we get here? That would be a good conversation. We just went to the ark a couple, you know, a couple weekends ago. Seeing all that. Creation Museum, all that good stuff. Well, we didn't go to the Creation Museum, but it's there. Anyways, how do we get here? Well, we got here for God. Well, why are we here? God has a purpose for us. How are we getting out of here? Well, he took care of that too. What's that? Yes. Yeah. I, 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 ain't, I ain't got a plan B. That, that's my problem. I don't think any of us have a plan B. There's only a plan A, right? But, but that's what the world t teaches us. Well, this could be, you want to hedge your bets. You want to be sure. Okay. I do want to be sure. And God's word tells me, God himself wrote, I, I write this to you so that you can be sure. So that you can know what's going to happen. I, I'm sure you've had that conversation with Christians or believers. They're like, well, I hope I get to heaven. What do you mean you hope you get to heaven? you like, Hoping like the Browns are ever going to make the Super Bowl? That, you don't have to hope that. You can know for sure. No, you can't. The Bible doesn't say it. Yes, it does. You can know. And I love growing up, Baptist tradition, you can know that you know that you know. I know that I know that I know. What does that mean? I don't know. It just means that I'm sure of what's going to happen. But the, the, the gospel is the only hope in which we have of getting out of here. We can know that for sure. Wrapping up my final statement. If the gospel is not true, then just delete everything I said. If the gospel isn't true, throw this book away. If the gospel isn't true, don't come to church. If the gospel, I mean, you can, you can see where this is going. If it's not true, then it doesn't matter. And I love how, how uh, uh, I think it was Tim Keller says, you know, it's not whether you, you, you uh, like what God says. You have to answer one question. Did Jesus raise from the dead? If he did, then you have to accept everything that he said. Because the gospel is true. 
Because if the gospel is not true, nothing else matters. But if the gospel is true, then it is the most important thing ever. Ever. And that's good news. And that's the best news ever. That's not we need to be mopey Christians. No, that's like hot dog. No matter how bad it gets here, I got something to look forward to. Or it's, you know, it's getting bad here. Okay, well, I have something I can, can go to to deal with this, to get out of this mess. I don't know what the mess that, that everybody is in. I know that some of the messes in which I'm in, I've got myself in sometimes. I know that there are things and decisions that have to be made all the time. And I know that the most important thing is that we can remember what is of first importance. That's the gospel. And I'm trying in my best preacher voice to bring down the plane right here. So we all had that, that moment where we're like, oh, I believe this or not. I can't say I don't care because I, I do care if you believe it. But I care more because I think that most all of you in the sound of my voice believe it. I'm just saying, are you living it? That's what we need to do. We need to live it. It needs to be sweat pouring from us. The smell of sweet gospel garlic. You're not going to forget that one. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for this day. God, we thank you for uh, your word, the truth of your word. God, we thank you for um, having a place that we can come and, and, and open your word and we can feel safe and secure knowing that we can do this in, in uh, um God, we do. God, we pray for our country right now. We pray that uh, we talk about the gospel and how it can change us and impact us. Um, God, we know that that's the, the same gospel that can change our lives is the same gospel that can change the, the, the direction and the trajectory of our country. God, we pray that uh, your gospel go forth. God, in the lives of all of us here, we, we, we pray that we, we, we start to smell if not already, that we smell more like that, the gospel garlic. God, let us just, just feed on your truths and just rest in your, your, your promises because you are good. You're always good. God, as we get ready after this song here to go from here, Lord, we, we ask that you do um, stir up in us uh, the, the, this, this desire more and more for you. But God, we pray that we do have safe travels where we go. And God, that you do bring us back so we can get more of these corny analogies. But God, that so we can learn more about the truth that you have given us. God, it's your glory that we seek, that we want to make known to creation. God, we know that the greatest display is through what we talked about today, the gospel. So God, let us glorify you the most as we are satisfied in you. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we pray this all in Jesus' beautiful name.